Thanks for making it on this very auspicious full moon. I hope you got um, a little seed with you. I think I uh, mentioned that you should bring a seed. Oh, I can't see that seed. I chose uh, the sunflower seed uh, just because it symbolizes the sun. Uh, you can get whatever seed you want and maybe uh, we'll wait for the meditation after we talk about the week ahead. But uh, maybe you should get a seed if you can find a seed or a nut, uh, something that you could do symbolically for today. Uh, this is the uh, seed we have today, at least I got today for me. So, yeah, if you can get a seed or a nut just before we do the uh, ritual, that would be great. But I wanted to, first of all, start off with, am I recording it? Yeah. Uh, start off with sharing the screen for those of you who can see and work with uh, the days that we have ahead uh, this week. Uh, it's an interesting week this week, definitely. So um, I will start now with today. So today is, um, what is today? The 5th of uh, February, obviously. Yeah, it is a full moon. As you can see from uh, the chart hanging uh, there, if you are on the Zoom with me, uh, if you're not just in Instagram, you just have to imagine uh, a chart. But today is the full moon. It is going to be 16 degrees full moon. 16 is interesting for us, symbolically speaking, especially for 2023, because 16 is 7. And we always talked about how it is important to start paying more attention to the degrees that planets um, are in your chart or in general. And definitely on this full moon, which is again one of the most important full moons of the year, I'll explain in a second. Some of you got it from the newsletter I sent uh, a few days ago. 16 adds up to 7. 7 is the year 2023. So we are definitely uh, in a very auspicious full moon. Full moon always represents the opposition of the sun and the moon, masculine and feminine, mother and father. It doesn't have to be necessarily, uh, some people have bad vibe for oppositions in charts. Basically, whenever you see two planets opposite in your chart, it's talking about an opposition that you feel pushed and pulled between the two energies, the two archetypes that these planets represent. In our case, every full moon, once every uh, four weeks or so, we have this tug of war between the sun and the moon. We are uh, here, the earth, and it's kind of influenced by the gravitational forces of the father and the mother. It's as if we're stuck between this ancestral karma running back and forth between uh, the ancestors coming from a father and from the mother. And always on a full moon, it is a time where we are feeling this uh, tug of war inside of us between our consciousness and our subconscious. According to Nietzsche, maybe it will be between the Apollonian principle of reason and the uh, uh, Dionysian one, which is much more passion and emotional. So we definitely feel that. But this full moon is very interesting. A few things are happening about the full moon today. First of all, this is the full moon of Tubishvat. We talked about it last week. I'm going to mention it today. And that is the reason why we're doing a meditation with a seed. Um, the second reason why it's important is because it's 180 degrees away from, or let's say uh, precisely on the other side of the year. Today is the biblical holiday of love. If you know Tu Be'av, Tu always in Hebrew means 15. 
it's another way of saying 15 it's basically made of two letters one tet which is nine and one is vav which is six so together it's 15 15 in the context of the lunar calendar is always the full moon if we start the first day of the moon as a number one when we get to 15 we're getting to the full moon stage so this is the opposite full moon of the a full moon of love that doesn't mean that this is the full moon of hate it just means that it's hold space for the full moon in opposite direction which would be during leo and therefore the moon is in aquarius now we're in aquarius and therefore the moon is in leo the other thing that is so auspicious about this full moon is that it is associated like i said with tubishvat which is according to jewish lore it is the um, you can say the new year of trees Basically, it means it is the day when we are celebrating the existence of trees by contributing to that collective uh, human, f uh, let's say, worldwide forest by planting a tree. I mean, if this holiday would not just been popular among Jews, but all over the world, this would have been a very beautiful moment where what eight billion trees because if one person can plant one tree that would be amazing and even if you live in a city and you can't maybe through your school or through your work um, you will be have been donated a tree i think that would have been an amazing holiday i think that that's how we should really celebrate earth day where everybody including big corporation they can plant according to the amount of people that work for them so everyone could have at least one tree once a year i mean eight billion trees every year that would be amazing for us uh, karmically speaking spiritually speaking and also of course for the climate but the idea of uh, today being the day of uh, the holiday or the birthday of trees is also recognizing the fact that trees are our teachers that without trees we wouldn't have our atmosphere without atmosphere we wouldn't have life we wouldn't have prana we wouldn't have earth a breath and the idea behind trees, and we'll talk about that and do that a little bit in our meditation today, is that it is a laboratory of alchemy. It puts all the four elements together. But we'll talk about it when we do the meditation. The idea that one of the reasons why this is such a powerful full moon and why it was decided to be the full moon of trees is because in the Near East, uh, right now, we are talking about the most rainy season. Also here in LA, which is California, is very similar in its climate to uh, Israel uh, that is the promised land this one is the golden land there is some kind of connection but the idea is that during this time the earth is completely saturated with water it's saturated with water actually it's full of all the water that uh, came from the rainy season and it's ready to give birth to trees uh, to channel that water uh, into growth and it's interesting because the day or the, the month name Shvat, which is from Akkadian, actually means uh, to hit or to strike. And that's why a staff also like the staff of the wizard, uh, which is basically the broom of the witch. You know, it's the same idea. It's our spinal cord and spinal cord is ruled by Leo, by the way. Uh, that idea of that with your staff, you can hit like Moses hit uh, the rock to get water. Um, from for the people in the desert the idea is that the same root for the word to strike and the word staff and the word for tribe oops sorry uh, for tribe is the same root it's the same as the t shvat 
So the concept is that during this period, the full moon of the month of Shvat, you are finding your tribe, which is kind of interesting because we always celebrate it during Aquarius, and Aquarius is the sign of people, communities, groups, organizations, governments, and tribe. It is also the time that we are celebrating the full moon in Leo. Leo rules the spinal cord. We talked about it. The spinal cord is the symbol of your staff, the staff of magic. Uh, also, Leo rules spirituality. That's why it's ruling the heart and the spinal cord. So the idea is to bring your spinal cord, the staff, with your heart, and that's how you can create magic. That's how you can create or connect to your spirituality. So you see that there's a lot of symbolism around it, and the idea of strike is coming from the fact that this is the time of the year where the rain strike the strongest. Uh, and it's also kind of interesting that you know, some people who know from the news that in California we had one of these atmospheric rivers that came down and strike down on us, smited us uh, with a lot of rain and snow. That is very, very connected to this Tubishvat. So everybody thinks, oh, Tubishvat, it's a nice holiday where kids plant some trees and they eat uh, dry fruit. No, it is very, very profound and deep. And we are very lucky to be talking about it right now as the full moon is at its peak. So the idea is that today we are on the full moon. We're experiencing the push and pull between the sun and the moon. Uh, like we said, emotions and reason. But the idea also is that we are now connecting very strongly to the archetype of Aquarius, which is people and community. And the key word for Aquarius is I know, or basically I know that I don't know. But you can also replace it with our will. And Leo is my will. So basically what's happening you know, now in this uh, full moon or this period of time that is marked by this full moon, because this is the story of this month, is that you are trying to balance, right? Opposition is usually associated with trying to balance uh, your will with the people's will, your uh, kingdom with the collective in a sense. So it is really putting together the focus of the tribe and my connection to people and how do I manage my will or it's a feeling that you know my as my will changes I need to find my tribe that is similar in that will almost as if you are um, having a new mission statement in your life and now you're looking for a company or tribe that has a similar mission statement so the idea right now that we are really looking deep into what what do we want what is our will and remember magic stuff the broom of the witch everything has to do with magic starts off with what do you want what is your will and that's why this period right now is super important in discovering what is your will how you can use that will in the context of the will of your people, your communities, your governments, your clan, your organizations, your uh, whatever group of people you work with. So this is the nature of this full moon. Now, specifically for today, Sunday, uh, the moon is, of course, in Leo. It is actually a time of connecting to joy, to happiness, to creativity, to children, to your inner child. And that's also something that's very powerful about this full moon is that it brings forth a lot of your connection to your inner child, to your creativity, to your pretend. You know, I recommend going back to your early childhood and trying to see what was your favorite pretend game. 
at that time? What character did you like playing? Uh, what kind of um, uh, make-believe games you were going uh, playing or, or attracted to? Because that tells you a lot about how your inner child works. And right now, your inner child can be very, very active and used to harvest some really interesting, let's say, imagination. Now, if we look at tomorrow, the moon is still in Leo, uh, but it's getting further away from that opposition. For some places in the world, tomorrow already the moon will be in Virgo. But uh, what we have this week, which makes it a little bit more interesting, is that we are definitely coming out of the shadow of Mercury, the, the post-shadow, uh, post-retrograde shadow. But more than that, we're going to have over on uh, February 11th, so yeah, during the weekend of next weekend, Mercury is going to move uh, to Aquarius, which is very good for us because after Mercury was slugging and slushing through Capricorn, making everything very slow and very heavy and very skeptical and very, yes, pragmatic, but also slow, we're going to move into Mercury in Aquarius for three weeks, which is going to quicken everything. You're going to see everything moving much, much faster. And we also have a very auspicious, powerful, um, at the end of this month, connection or a conjunction between Mercury and Saturn, really putting together Saturn in the service of technology and innovation, communities and people. That's going to be towards the end of the month. But again, you can plan for it. And we'll talk next week definitely about this very powerful positive time of February 13, 14, 15, which is coming up, which we talked about a little bit last week, which is one of the best times in the year for art, for relationship, for partnership, for imagination. Uh, finding your uh, wonderland that's happening more next week so tomorrow uh, on monday the day of the moon the moon is still going to be in leo uh, venus is auspiciously in pisces and she's exalted she's sending amazing energy to minerva and to the north node a lot of really good karmic uh, connections especially with women especially with artists especially with your inner fam feminine and with the artist inside of you and remember we said how neptune is coming closer and closer to vesta um, as well as venus coming closer and closer to neptune so there's a lot of things moving there in pisces that can be very uh, positive and also we're getting rid of that square between venus and mars which we talked about last week was tainting the whole week with some challenges in relationships then we have on um, Tuesday, February 7th, the moon is officially moving into Virgo. And because of that, she's going to be in opposition to uh, the moon is going to be in opposition to Venus. So Venus is going to be in Pisces. The moon is going to be in Virgo. There's going to be a little bit of opposition between women who are older to women who are younger. So if you are a young woman working under a woman who is older than you, just be aware that some of the things you will do, even if you're perfectly aligned, will not be accepted as well. So just to be aware of it. Also, our families might have some hard time with our partners. So there could be some in-law issues. And also Venus opposite to the moon can create insecurities, especially emotional ones. So uh, it's a very critical moon. So try if whenever you catch yourself being critical for about yourself, about people who are close to you, just be a little bit more aware that it's probably the moon in Virgo. Moon is instinct, something that is like a reflex. Virgo is being over analytical, a too much a perfectionist, not wanting to do things unless I can do it perfectly well. So just be aware that Tuesday... Wednesday, it's great for editing, it's great for uh, service, it's great for diets and health, it's great for getting things done, working, very operational, but it could be a little bit dry 
because the sun is in Virgo, in Aquarius, which is impersonal, the moon is in Virgo, which doesn't like to be oversensitive to emotional energies or needs. So just be a little bit more aware. It's almost as if on Tuesday and Wednesday, everybody's a monk, everybody's a nun. But the good news is that on Tuesday, the moon and, the, and Uranus is sending beautiful energy to each other, which could, again, get things done. So even though we're all nuns and we're all monks, we'll be healthy nuns and monks and we'll be able to actually go to the garden and get things done. So it is a very harvesting uh, moon, in a sense, that it can bring you forward things that you need. The only thing is that the moon is going to be squaring on Tuesday and Wednesday, but mainly on Tuesday, Mars, which could mean unnecessary wars and conflict. So just be a little bit more mindful about your anger and how you manage your anger. Uh, also true for Wednesday. Wednesday, the moon continues to be in Virgo. The opposition continues to be not only with Venus, but also with Neptune. But the moon opposite to Neptune, which is happening Wednesday, it's not necessarily bad for anything to do with um, intuition. Uh, psychic energy, uh, feeling things that other people feel, walking in the shoes of other people. Uh, but especially the great, I mean, one of the things that you should focus on if you're looking for the language of love for Wednesday, it will be service. If you want to show your love to somebody, it's not about saying I love you. It's about doing something that can show that you love them. So the moon is very operational uh, because it's opposite to Neptune, very intuitive because it is squaring Mars. Just make sure that you're acting according to that intuition and not uh, shunning it away or just testing it. So that's something we have. And also what we have Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, which is actually good, is Mercury on top of Pluto. Now, the good aspect of Mercury on top of Pluto is that it gives you focus of mind, the ability to say words that can transform. It's great for sales if anybody is trying to sell something. That's a really good thing. So that would be something that uh, could work for you very well. Um, the only other problem is that it can get concentrated mental effort. It can cause quite a lot of uh, too much focus on the head. So just be aware of that, that it could be a little bit more challenging with thoughts within thoughts, too many thoughts. So just be aware of that. And obsessive thoughts, you know, like trying to get things done and not being successful in it. But the idea is that it's very good for writing. It's very good for marketing, especially because uh, you have something very rare. It's a beautiful trine that is between Mercury, Pluto and the moon. And especially with Uranus there, not too far. So it does create a very powerful time Wednesday for getting things done, especially around writing and communication. Also, what's happening that day, if I think, yeah, and also that day what's happening is Vesta is moving into Aries. Uh, Vesta is the keeper of the hearth. She was in Pisces, more connected to intuition, mysticism, and now she's going to move uh, for a few, um, how long is she going to be there for? Yeah, it's going to be there for a few, um, uh, definitely quite a lot of weeks. So she's going to move into Aries, which is... Um, very easy for her, very good for her because she's the keeper of the flame and Aries is the spark, the the fire sign. So she's going to be very much associated with keeping the traditional way of doing things. Anything to do with leadership, initiation is going to be very strong. Uh, the idea of uh, service is going to be even more powerful in the next few weeks because of Vesta moving from Pisces, which can be a little bit lazy sometimes, into Aries, which is very much active and more, a little bit more aggressive. At the same day, what we have on February 9th, which is a Thursday, we're moving to the moon in Libra. Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Moon in Libra is great. It's called the moon of peace. 
uh, usually talks about a peace that comes to us after a spiritual decision or some powerful decision. Maybe that decision is related to the seed meditation that we're going to do uh, because you're going to have to make a spiritual decision. The idea is that on um, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you become more diplomatic, you become more peace uh, focused on peace, it's actually a good energy that has to do with um, getting along better with people. So it's much better energy for dating if you're looking for that, especially on Friday. So we have uh, the moon opposite to Jupiter. That's happening on Thursday. Be careful not to smother people too much or to uh, try too much because the moon opposite to Jupiter means too much motherly energy. So it can be overbearing. So be careful of that. And Mercury is going to be stepping closer and closer on, to, on top of Pluto, which is going to peak Friday. So Friday is going to be a very practical, good day for work. Also, because what's happening on Friday, February 10, is that we have a trine between the moon, Mercury, and the sun. That creates a trine, like we talked about every once in a while. We have these sacred mountains that we can climb up to the top. And that is happening to us around... Um, Friday, Saturday. So that's going to be great. That basically talks about really positive energy of making things happen, especially around business, communication, healing of energies with relatives, great for partnerships. And that's why I told you Friday is a great day to uh, go on a date. You have that triangle that protects you and you have Mercury on top of Pluto, which is literally happening that Friday. So Friday, great day for investments, great day for uh, working with other people's money, other people's talents, productions. It's a great day for business, communication, networking. Uh, overall, it flows really well and there is not that much uh, uh, heaviness or challenges that are happening at that time. So Friday is a great day to get things done. And Saturday, uh, we are moving from Mercury in Capricorn. Like I told you, for a month we had it because Mercury was retrograde in Capricorn. So we carry it already from 2022. Uh, this is the last aspect from 2022 we're getting rid of. And we can move forward officially into 2023. So Mercury is moving into Aquarius. It's a sign that he loves to be in. And he's going to join the Sun and Saturn there as well. And Mercury in Aquarius is great for technology, innovation, computers, working with people, uh, working with um, your mind is opening up strongly. So Pluto was on top of Mercury, kind of destroying all the other ways of thinking, negative thoughts. And then immediately on Saturday for a whole three weeks, it's going to move into Aquarius, which is very, very positive, especially for writing. So Mercury in Aquarius is almost exalted. Venus in Pisces is definitely happy and exalted. And the moon is going to move on February 12, which is a Sunday, into Scorpio. A little bit heavier, especially because the moon is going to be opposite to Uranus. So next Sunday could be a little bit more of a roller coaster, a little bit more up and down. Uh, so it might not be as comfortable. But uh, Sunday and Monday is getting closer to that beautiful conjunction we talked about between Venus and Neptune and also the moon is going to facilitate that because the moon on Sunday and Monday is going to create a beautiful trine, trine of the water. So anything to do with emotions, feelings, sensitivities, those things are going to really grow dramatically on next Sunday, Monday and Tuesday. Remember, February 13 to 15, right around Valentine's, great energy with relationship, partnership, uh, art, design, colors, photography, anything that has to do with the sensitivity to or being able to ground imagination is going to go very, very well. 
So let's see. What I wanted to do now, first of all, is do our little meditation with uh, the seed of power. So let me, first of all, show you a few things that are um, interesting to look at. There are some uh, coincidences we have, which are always interesting, at least to me. Um, so, yeah, this has been circling around in the internet uh, quite a lot in the news cycles about the Earth's core. And uh, it is very, very interesting how it all is related to each other. Now we are in Tu Bishvat. And like I said, Tu Bishvat is a holiday that represents putting seeds in the ground, uh, connecting to trees. Without, again, trees, we will not be alive. Uh, that's why even in the story of creation in Genesis, trees were created before humans and animals so that there is something to breathe, even if they didn't really know what they're doing. Whoever wrote it was basically channeling probably an eyewitness of the uh, creation, but of course, according to evolution. And the idea about Tubishvat was elaborated and made even more powerful with Luria, or uh, Luria, Rabbi Yitzhak Luria, is actually called Ha'ari, or the lion, which is kind of an interesting, again, coincidence, because we are today on the full moon in Leo. And Luria lived in the 16th century, uh, 17th century in Israel. He was born in Jerusalem, lived most of his life in Tzfat. Tzfat was uh, the center of Kabbalah. Up until recently, it was a very, uh, a very holy city, one of the four cities where Jews continuously lived there since the days of uh, uh, the Bible. And Tzfat was associated with Kabbalah for a long time, especially because of Luria. And he was the one that took Kabbalah to the next level. He almost like upgraded it very dramatically, adding a lot of concepts that we still use today. For example, Tzimtzum, which is the constriction of the vessels, the idea of the cosmic accident, uh, or Tikkun, is also been elaborated by him. Anyway, he talks about Tu Bishvat in a very interesting way. He says that every person carries a spark of God. And this is something that is also true in um, if you ever practice Kundalini or Kundalini Yoga. They believe that the Kundalini, the feminine uh, serpent, the she serpent, female serpent, is in the tip of our spine. And our job is to work with it so that she can climb up our spinal cord and reach our cortex, right? Very much like the caduceus of uh, Mercury, where you see two serpents intertwined seven times, touching each other, the seven chakras, in order to spread their wings and fly when they reach the head. So the idea is that we all have the spark of God within us. I call it the embassy of God uh, within us. It's kind of uh, uh, the connection to the server, you know, the, the one. So it's that point of view that in Hindu tradition maybe would have been called Atman, that part of the soul that never dies. And that energy is inside of you. It's your core, in a sense. Everything is wrapped around that. Maybe that is the place that absorbs all of your, or records all of your experiences later on to download it to the one when you die. So the idea, according to Luria, is, or the uh, Rabbi, Rabbi Luria, is that today on Tu Bishvat, that spark of God is kind of pulsing. It's, it's, you're getting connected to it. You're, you're not only planting a tree outside of you, you're also planting a tree inside of you. The idea is that uh, as above, so below, as within, so without. And the same thing was interesting for me because of this whole uh, interest in the core of the earth herself, which you can say is the seed 
of this planet. So what they have discovered is that there is a cycle of 70 years with the core. So the way the Earth is built is that we have the crest, which is the thinnest layer of the Earth. It's about 40 kilometers, between 5 to 70, but on the average is about 40 kilometers. And the scale of that, it's so thin, it's almost like a, a peel of an apple uh, or the skin of the apple. And it's also interesting because in Kabbalah they tell us, yes, we have that spark of God, but we have this, what we call klipot, these layers or these shells around that spark of God that sometimes makes it harder for you to tap into it, to connect to it. Same thing with the earth. Again, uh, the earth and us, uh, that's a whole Gaia theory. It, it is connected. We are part of the earth. The earth is part of us. So the deepest the earth, I mean, humans ever penetrated into the earth is in Russia, uh, Siberia, and it's about 12 kilometers. I don't think it's really good for us to dig too deep into the earth. It's almost like... Um, I don't know, it's almost like incest in a sense because Mother Nature, penetrating Mother Nature, it sounds a little bit uh, awkward and this whole thing with penetrating her to get uh, uh, this, the fossil fuel and stuff, that, that just causes me to, um, um, it, it's kind of eerie if you think about it like that. But let's go back to the Earth. The next uh, level after or the next um, uh, part after, the next layer after the cre the crest is the um, the crust is the mantle, and the mantle goes up uh, 2,900 kilometers down, and it's the thickest layer. Under that, there is this very hot molten iron and nickel that is almost as the same as the same temperature as the surface of the Earth as you go deep, deep, deep inside. And inside of it, it's so hot and there's so much pressure that that nickel and iron is become became solid and it, because of it's surrounded with this uh, wet you can say lava or this liquid lava it rotates it's turning and now the interesting thing is that it goes in t cycles of 70 years approximately last time uh, it changed direction was 1970s and now it's uh, also doing the same thing according to the scientists what's happening right now is that the earth uh, the core earth uh, the, that that ball inside of it has been stuck or not stuck but stationary let's say from about 2009-2010 which is kind of interesting because that's the time of the recession so it's interesting that there might be some kind of connection between them as above so below but we never thought that as above could be us and the below could be the core as well so the core kind of like started stopping down around the time of the recession and it's still there kind of like stopping and now it's about to turn the other side so the interesting thing is that from 1970s it's been rotating eastward compared to somebody standing on the um, surface of the earth which is interesting because that is about the time that uh, we saw the big change in the in the Far East, what we call Far East, unless you're living in the Far East, right? And that's not that far if you're living there. But I'm saying uh, the whole area of um, Eastern Asia, even uh, you take uh, India, you take China, you take everything that's happening between um, Southeastern Asia, Japan, uh, Hong Kong, Vietnam. Think about all the, uh, in the 70s, it started happening there, the big rise of that tiger. So that was happening in the whole time. Now it's basically stationary, very much like Mercury, you know, or any planet that's retrograde goes one direction, it stops stationary in order to go the other direction. Same thing apparently is happening for in our core, in the seed of the Earth. It was going east, now it stopped. And it's about to flip and go towards the west. Uh, that's going to be like that until the 2040s, 
which is kind of interesting because that's again the same time that Pluto is going to go out of Aquarius into Pisces. Now, literally now in March, Pluto is going to move into Aquarius. So maybe even the cycles of Pluto are related uh, to the cycles of the core. And Pluto, again, means the earth or the underground. Uh, remember, Pluto, Hades, it's the lord of the earth, of the core of the earth. So it's all kind of connected, uh, whether it's Kabbalah, Greek mythology, or uh, the structure of the earth. So that's all kind of um, an interesting coincidence. And now what I would like to do is w do that meditation we talked about. So get yourself a nice uh, seed, a nice seed, seed seed get a seed uh, any nut will do if you have a nut and i want you to first of all <clears throat> if you got it and uh, i don't want you to close your eyes while you're on the way to the kitchen to get it but if you got your nut uh, or your seed i want you to uh, put it in your right side the right side is the side that gives and i want you to hold it and cover your seed with your left hand the hand that receives and if you can close your eyes right now we'll get into the meditation just breathe deeply you're holding the seed with your right hand right palm above it covering it is your left hand And what I want you to do right now is, while your eyes are still closed, try to feel that seed in the palm, in your skin. Really be aware of it, even if it's tiny, even if it's small. Be aware of that seed. And this will represent your divine spark, your seed, the core of the earth. I want you to imagine how your spark of God, as well as the seed you're holding right now, is linked to the core of the earth. Push and project your consciousness all the way down dig dig deep inside the earth through the crust through the mental that's around that through that hot hot magma flowing around the core it's fascinating how the temperature of the core are similar to the temperature of the surface of the sun we have a sun above us and now we are realizing we have a sun below us as above so below I want you to imagine how you're swimming through that lava going all the way into the core of the earth. You're not only programming your seed, you're also programming it in the context of the earth, your will and the earth's will. I want you to imagine how you're making that link between the seed in your hand, the lower part of your spinal cord, tip of your spinal cord and the core of the earth one line connecting the three 
And I want you to draw that power from the iron that is located in the core. Iron is associated with Aries, where we have Jupiter right now, the giver of gifts. Aries is all about I am, and Aries is the seed of the zodiac. And I first want you to think and honor that iron by saying to yourself who you are now. Give yourself one word, something you can say, I am, but don't use your name. Use another word. You can say, I am kindness, I am wisdom, I am strength, I am courage. Whatever it is that you feel right now that you need to draw from that iron from that core of the earth that is now linked to your seed, to your spark of God. So just draw from that iron core of the earth, from that depth, from that source, from the heart of this planet. Draw the right word that you need now in your life. That will be the aspect of God that you want to work on in the next year. That will be the tree that you want to plant. So take one word from that core, from that iron, from that identity that can define the best for what you want to achieve in the next year. Imagine how you're drawing that power from the core of the earth through your feet, through your knees, through your hips, through your stomach, through your heart, through your hands, into that seed. That seed that now represents the spark of God programmed through its DNA with that simple word that you right now need to connect to. Project that word into that seed. And now with your right hand, pick that seed up, and put it in your mouth. And with every bite try to say out loud in your head not with your mouth but in your head in your thoughts one thought very loud that word that intention that you chose to bring from the core of the earth into you and I want you to imagine how the essence of that seed travel through your body Reaches that spark of God within you. And now I want you to imagine how you are now in the surface, in the crust of the earth, walking in a 
your favorite forest or a forest that you can conjure from your imagination. And I want you to find a tree that you can rest against. You can look up and the tree has fruits. Try to remember what color the fruits are. Whatever that color is, is probably the color that you need to focus on this year to achieve your connection to that word you chose. And I want you to pick up one of those fruits from the tree. Imagine yourself eating the fruit until you reach the seed. Imagine how that fruit nourishes and nurtures you, heals you. It has medicinal powers, can affect your aura, your body, your mind, your soul. And once you reach to that part of the fruit, which is the seed, Put the seed again in your right hand and walk into a clearing in that forest. A place you can look up and see the blue skies. And once you find the right spot, I want you to imagine planting that seed, putting it in the ground. covering it and I want you to imagine now how auspiciously a gray cloud appear above you and it starts raining watering you watering your tree and you don't mind being there in the rain it's perfect temperature it actually feels cool and good and you know that these waters are nurturing your tree, your tree of life. And the alchemy is starting to happen. The seed breaks away from its coat and sends the roots down to reach the minerals and the water, which are the feminine elements of earth and water. Develop a stem that starts climbing up above the ground green so it absorbs the sun and creates air out of light with masculine feminine masculine or masculine elements of fire and air and you're creating this powerful alchemy with your own tree of life as it miraculously grows through you bigger and bigger Branches appear, the trunk and the thickens. The tree now is taller than you. You have to step a few steps back as you see the tree grow into magnificent, towering green entity. And from the tree already, 
fruits start appearing, same fruits you had before. And I want you to pick one of them, one of these fruits, and just hold it in your hand. Saying again to yourself in your mind the word that you want to work on this year. Now, very slowly, take deep, deep breaths, knowing you can always return every full moon to this clearing and sit with your tree, have another fruit, and maybe decide to plant another tree in this astral forest. Very slowly, Open your eyes and come back to the here and now. So I let you slowly return and um, come back. Let's see if there's any questions. Yes, first of all, um, Again, uh, this meditation, maybe you can do every full moon with yourself, uh, just to remind you of that and to create that force. The more trees you plant, the more grounded your mysticism is, the better your tree posing yoga will be, the better your dreams. Uh, the more rooted you are, the more you can grow into the sky. So achieve more things, the more you can reach your summit, your canopy. Uh, this uh, next uh, Monday, so a week from now, we're going to do the um, Valentine's Day workshop. We're going to talk about soulmates, about twin flames. It is available on the webinar. As a webinar, it's also in person if you are in Los Angeles. So um, I hope to see you there. It's going to be Monday, next Monday, and it will be right when Venus and Neptune are in conjunction. So we're going to talk about that as well and how it affects the different signs. Uh, also, on March 4, we're going to have a Kabbalah workshops, but that's going to be only for um, people in L.A., sorry. And then on March 21, the power of your name. All of those are in um, the chat. You can check it out or in Instagram. It's on my bio. What is behind the numerology of 666? There is no uh, numerology in 666 in Kabbalah. I mean, 666 in Kabbalah actually adds up to... Um, a, a good auspicious number which is 18 18 means life so 666 is actually a very good number the the reason why it was getting bad raps is because in the apocalypse of john it says that the number of the beast is 666 even though in some version it says 616 by the way and the reason why is because when the book was published it was part of a very very uh, common uh, genre which was apocalyptic a writing, which is, by the way, one of the uh, writing that Jesus is associated with. The New Testament is an apocalyptic um, manuscript. It was very popular at that time. It's almost like saying young adult fantasy these days, you know, when you have Harry Potter and so forth. Same thing back then. They had this kind of uh, way of talking. But because that book was in the Roman Empire and you couldn't say that the beast is Neron because you would have been assassinated, they had to have a code for Neron. I mean, I'm talking about Caesar, uh, Neron 
who was at that time butchering quite a lot of Christians. So in order to put that in the book, they had to say the, nem the number of the beast is 666 because in, in Gematria, the word for Neron in Hebrew on the letters, if you count, will be 666. But because you can also spell it differently, not Neron, but Nero, that will be 616. So there is absolutely nothing about that in connection to the devil whatsoever. It's complete misunderstanding, misinterpretation, and just like a lot of time happens. I, I meet it so many people here um, that are following some kind of uh, evangelist priest and then you listen to their lectures and of this evangelist whatever he's saying and you obviously see that the guy either didn't read the bible or didn't read it in the language that it's original or just doesn't understand what it means and that's a good example of that uh, the 666 scenario i can't think of a more scare sacred day than when you plant a tree i agree there is nothing more sacred than trees and that's why the Druids, who are named after trees, the oak trees, uh, never had temples. They just worshipped in their groves. Um, number 15 represents... Uh, there's a lot of... Uh, 15 can be a lot of different things. Uh, the 15th uh, is associated with 6, and 6 is, again, the heart. Um Planting trees, yeah, you have an e you have um, um, GoFundMe for tree planting. Uh, American forests also plant one tree, I think, for one dollar. Uh, shouldn't probably shouldn't have swallowed the apple seed. Why not? I think it's great. Yeah, the worst case, like my mother said, an apple tree will come um, coming out of you. Well, thanks a lot for making it. Um, can you have tree plant in your home that you can place your wish in? Yeah, I mean, of course, if you can plant one tree in your home, that would be great. But you can also plant a tree in other people's homes uh, if you have some. So thanks a lot for um, making it. I'm seeing some people waving. Thanks a lot. And I hope you have an amazing full moon. In Leo, a full moon is an end of processes. Leo is love. So I'm not saying your love is ending. There's maybe patterns that blocked you from love are coming out or you can discard right now. So I wish you the most amazing weekend. It should be. And uh, I will see you hopefully in one of the workshops or next week here.